When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into Poke the Bear episode 112. I'm Evan Marinovsky. That is Connor Ryan. One, two, three, four, five. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing swell. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Thursday was a big announcement day for me. Announced my job. Next editor of New England Hockey Journal. Fun stuff. Thank you, Connor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Very Take fun. That, very fun. Very fun. Got myself on the back, I guess. Uh, but the best part, I think, for all the listeners, I think this is what main people cared about. I will continue doing Poke the Bear and Bruins Beat. So that never dies. That, that I, will never die. I was expecting the uh, the Jordan Belfort, like DiCaprio, like the, I'm not leaving. I was, I was not fucking leaving. Video. Yeah, <laughs> but that was going to be the case. But yes, Evan, congratulations on your new job. More than well-deserved. You've done a fantastic job grinding away, being a key voice on the Bruins and the New England hockey beat. And uh, I speak for, I think many people were extremely proud of you. We know you're going to crush it. So we salute you. I appreciate it. A lot owed to you. You've been terrific to me through the years. Uh, I know you don't want to hear it, but it is very true. It is very true. And I must say it, Uh, but yes, thank you. It's been fun. I've actually been sitting on you. I've told, I told you about it like the second it happened, but that was also like three weeks ago now. (laughs) So like, it's been, I've been sitting on it for quite a long time. I think it was Andrew Taverna who tweeted my profile and was like, what do the eyeballs mean? What do the eyeballs mean? And I was like, I can't tell you. Um, there was another, uh, there was a podcast I was on. I think it was called the clown show. That's when you know, you've made it. Yes. <laughs> like you've, you've reached the peak. Um, I was on with them on Monday and they were like, how do we introduce you? I said, you'll hear this week. I, I, I can't tell you the job yet. So, uh, but very excited. And, but yes, as I said, poke the bear and bruise people continue forward. I wish I did. Now that you went to the Jordan Belfort thing, I wish I did have a little bit better of an announcement for that. Um, but I wanted to keep the focus on listen, the, the editor job. So the people, like, oh, I'll keep that there. The people are happy, Evan. That's yes. all that matters. Does it matter? As someone who unfortunately puts way too much content through the Twitter sphere, everything doesn't have to be a meme or a video. You got it's the message true. across, and that's it's all true. that matters. It's true, but we love Twitter. We do love Twitter. Um, <laughs> Petrov McGuire DM me on the side and said, a hell of a day to announce something. And I said, yes, yeah. that is also true. <laughs> kind of buried it a little bit. Oh, geez, that doesn't even fit in well. <laughs> Zing! We are on one today. We are on our game. Thank God the offseason's <laughs> over, Evan. I'm so sick of this. 
That is all time right there. That is all time. So we might as well get into actual Bruins stuff. <laughs> yes, it is right up there. Yes, we love you, Queen. Um, anyways, uh, it goes the get, fan banner, Captain. Yeah, there goes. Yeah, she can't even live long enough to see Krejci and Bergeron's reunion. I mean, this is so sad. Um, they'll do. They'll do a tribute when yeah, if they, they win the cup. They'll have a. They'll have a thing for her. <laughs> God save the queen. Uh, Okay. So uh, training camp is right around the corner and even better for Bruins fans. uh, Captain's practices begin on the 12th. So that's Monday. Uh, So it's the 12th, the 13th, 16th, 19th at warrior. Uh, I believe they're open. So you can go and watch if you'd like to warrior, you know, open, no big deal. Um, But so that's just captain's practice, right? You know, it's hard to put a lot of stock into captain's practice. We want to look a little bit ahead to the tra- to training camp, uh, which has yet to be announced. Correct? That has not been announced. I want to not make sure the I have that official right. schedule yet. Yeah, no official schedule yet. Uh, but so we're going to do our two things we're looking forward to, or we're looking for in training camp. And I will let you go first. What's the first of the two things for you that you're really keeping a keen eye on? Yeah, I, I think when you look at it, the one thing that probably stands out. To- to me is like the fourth line competition just because there's so many guys in place there and you got so many players who don't really have like a set in stone uh assignment just yet like you've got the veterans like Felino and Nosek who already pencil them in probably because they're veterans but as much as it seems like the Bruins want to see what a guy like Felino has uh you know how much he has left in the tank if he's still like ineffective during preseason games, you still can't kind of put it all together. And you look at a guy like um, Oscar Steen or Mark McLaughlin, who, you know, popped at various times last year. You look at a guy like John Beecher, who maybe is a little bit on the outside looking in, but if he has a strong preseason and he really adjusts to the, the pro game, could he make a, a push in the middle of the, the fall? There's just so many other like variables in place that for as much as, uh, you look at guys like Flino and Nosek as maybe the leaders in the clubhouse in terms of having those set roles once uh, the calendar turns to October. I think a lot can change between now and then. I think you're going to see a lot of different preseason games, a lot of different line combinations. You're going to see those players, even guys like Trent Frederick, probably get a lot of reps to see if they can uh, kind of showcase their skills. And if guys like McLaughlin and Steen and those guys pop, like, is it's not out of the question, right? The Bruins have to move cap at some point. You imagine it's probably going to be closer to November when guys like Martian and McAvoy come back. But if these younger players are really look like they can play every single day and they warrant a legitimate starting spot once the season starts, why not give them a look? So I think that fourth line, just how it pans out, is going to be really fascinating to see how the pieces kind of fall into place with so many players kind of in the mix for only so many set roles. Yeah. As you were talking, I wrote down seven players off the top of my head who have, or vying for fourth line spots. Cause again, as we said right now, when fully healthy, the third line should be, if Craig Smith is not dealt away, it's, you know, it's Zaka coil Smith. Right. And so then that leaves, okay. That's a great problem to have. I guess that you have a lot of guys vying for the fourth line, but you do need to define fourth line at some point. And as you said, McLaughlin, Nosek, Felino, Frederick, Steen, Beecher, and Chris Wagner. Yes, and AJ Greer. AJ He's Greer on as well. One year deal. Like they've got a lot of guys in place. You've got a lot of guys down there who you could potentially play. And again, I mean, I personally, as you, I think, I think you said this, Beecher. I could see him as a fourth line guy this year. Like at some point, getting in a lineup. Um, and again, Steen's been kind of waiting to break through. And as we've said multiple times this summer, one of the reasons Montgomery was brought in 
play the kids a little bit more. And we forgot someone else. We did forget a name in that group. Jack Stadnika. Yes. <laughs> that's another one. But again, that's, yeah, that's that's kind of its own topic in terms of where exactly he even fits in this lineup. But yeah, it's going to be a, a pivotal stretch for him too. Because again, you look at his skill set, doesn't really uh, seem like a legit fourth line checking, you know, grind it out guy. But if that's the only path he kind of has, which is kind of what it looks like, then he's got to do what he has to do to try to make this lineup. So yeah, there's so many individual players worth following for what is essentially three open spots on that fourth line. <laughs> and by the way, it's not, it's not solidified after camp. There is yeah. a hundred percent chance that it changes many times throughout the year as it always does around the league. So again, I think the fourth line you see on opening night is not going to be the fourth line that you see in game 46 and game 82 and in the playoffs like that, that, that is not going to be the case. Um, but again, I mean, Sadnika as well, like, and, and that's not even one of the topics that we have. Like we, it's not one of the, uh, four storylines, but even him, like there's no reason to think like, you wouldn't trade him. He has no trade value. So yeah. you, you do have to see what you're going to get out of a guy like him. And again, I don't think the fourth line is the right spot for him. You know, ideally in a perfect world, a guy like Stadnika with like real value would be traded to a team like, I don't know, Arizona or Chicago for, I don't know, maybe a player or a prospect or a pick, just something. And then yeah. there he would get top six minutes. And get to actually flourish or, you know, this is really kind of his last chance. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, I will stay with the forwards. I will stay with the forwards, uh, young forwards, and say my thing I'm watching is Fabian Lysel. Fabian Lysel is going to be an interesting one. And we've talked about this a lot uh, throughout the offseason. But again, like, a lot's been made of it. We saw him in World Juniors. He looked really good. Uh, you know, I think patience is the key here. But... If Jake DeBrusque starts to falter a little bit, I think it's pretty obvious that I don't think Lysel is a favorite. I don't think he's going to start out on the top six to begin camp, but if he's pushing through and DeBrusque isn't looking great or Zaka's not fitting or one of those pieces isn't you know fitting with Bergeron and Lysel's looking good, I think the questions are going to start coming of, is Fabian Lysel going to start the season on the top six? Now, again, I think we both agree that he should be in Providence to uh, begin the year, at least. I think we will see him up at the NHL level this year, but also there's no rush. What is the rush? Um, there's no rush for that. Uh, and I don't think he should go back to juniors either. I think now is the time you, you jump to Providence. Um, but again, I, I see him as someone who, again, starts the year in Providence. But as we've said, who knows? I mean, do you think there's a chance? I think there's like a tiny chance. Yeah, no, I think there's definitely, I wouldn't even say like a tiny chance. I, I would say 15, no, it's 17%. Ooh, there's a 17%, like that. 17. chance. 17.5%. Yeah, that, that he gets a, a defined starting role in the NHL roster. And I, I just think it's the more rational, safe measure you take is, again, if you go send him down to Providence, he's still elevating his play because he's going from juniors to the AHL level goes down there and lights it up for a month or two, it's the same kind of tra trajectory as Pasternak, right? Because Pasternak had a few months down in Providence where he got called up. So I don't think there's any rush here. And again, if we go into the preseason and Lysel, even though he clearly needs to, you know, put on some weight and some of the stuff that all young players have to deal with, if he's lighting up the box score every night, okay, there's only so much you can do, right? Like, I think the Bruins are going into this and, if Lysol is going to wow you and really kind of make a compelling case, all right, then maybe you have to change your game plan a little bit. Does that mean, all right, the Brooms don't want to really move a guy like Craig Smith, which I think we both agree with better to kind of keep him in place. But 
if you're still trying to move that cap room and you've got Lysel who looks like he belongs and he's way ahead of schedule, then maybe you change your, your thinking a little bit. Right. So I think for the, for the Bruins, it's all about, all right, we are going to give a guy like Lysel every opportunity to force our hand in terms of, you know, augmenting what we want kind of our game plan to be, because listen, from the franchise perspective, it is a fantastic problem to have. If your 19 year old top prospect is lighting it up in the preseason again, even if he does that, doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to translate that into the regular season, right? Like how many times have we seen previous preseasons where Jack Sonica looks pretty good or like Jakob Lauko looks good yes. and then it kind of falls apart a little bit there. So even then, like, I feel like it wouldn't be something as reactionary as let's say Lysel has a, a hat trick against the Flyers in a sleepy Saturday preseason game and they're going to trade Craig Smith because of it. But it does at least... uh I think put people maybe more on watch if, if Lysel has a strong preseason and maybe changes their long-term thinking in terms of, all right, like Lysel will send me down to Providence for a month, but you're part of the plan potentially as soon as this year. A hat trick for Lysel on a sleepy preseason game. It's against the flyers, which would be so good for Twitter because those preseason games can sometimes get a little, you know, not people are not as engaged as maybe they would normally be in a regular season game. I can't blame them. And it's like, Ooh, that would just really, spice things up a bit but no i mean i agree with you again like what's what's wrong with what's wrong with playing a little bit safe and you have no again your top six is pretty much full you're it's not like you're like dying for a right shot uh or for a right wing in your top six right now you're not um so again safe bet though that a guy like fabian lysel uh makes a real strong push out of camp we're talking really safe bets we're talking about good friends over at bet online Right you are, Evan. Listen up, guys. Our partners at BetOnline continue to be the number one source for all your bet needs and sports info. Both basketball and hockey might be in the midst of their off-seasons, but over at BetOnline, you can still find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, the latest fighting news, and yes, NFL football is finally back. We can do our Thursday. We can do our thing where we guess the Thursday night score. Oh, what a game by the Rams! Yes, oh, what exactly. a game by the Bills! Exactly, <laughs> bringing it back. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. It's super easy to get started. So head to the website today, or use your mobile devo- device to join and use our promo code CLNS50 to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's promo code CLNS. 50 bet online with the game stats with the game stats speaking by the way of uh bets if i could have went back to 1999 and bet on woodstock 99 being a complete disaster i would have bet on it i will say that i, I just watched a documentary last night i have one episode left have you watched it i have not but i, I know i there like seven documentaries on it now i feel like there's I, well, like so multiple that's the ones these streaming companies love doing it i just have netflix so i just watched that um, but my God, I watched the first two episodes. It was like 11 o'clock last night. And I was like, Oh, I'll watch like an episode, go to bed by 12. First episode was so good. I said, you know what? What's the difference between 12 and like one o'clock? There's no real, it's an hour of sleep. So I did that. I, I wake up, I woke up at like seven 30. I was just like, Oh man, that was a mistake, but what a documentary. Um, and what a train wreck. I highly recommend watching it though. Cause it is, uh, the, the documentary is good. The story is not, you're um, a big, you're a big Limp Bizkit fan. Oh, huge Limp Bizkit fan. Okay. Yeah. Oh, good. well, Hey, I was that on the record. Hey, I was alive for Woodstock 99. So, you know, I, I'm that old that I was alive for Woodstock 99. So it's impressive uh, and pretty crazy. Uh, anyways, what is your second thing you're looking for in a uh, training camp? Yeah. I, I think one area that's kind of been 
uh, not really examined all that much. We, we know that the Bruins defense is going to be shorthand to Staffia with McAvoy and Grizzly being out, but I think kind of that, that next wave of defensemen who are going to be potentially pressed into roles is going to be interesting to see who kind of emerges from that pile and potentially pushes those guys further down on the starting depth chart. Like I, I think going into the air, we expect it's going to be some grouping of what Lindholm and, and Carlo uh, uh, Forbert and Zaboro, Riley and Clifton, something along those lines. But you also have guys like Connor Carrick, who's been in the, the league for a while now. You got uh, Kai Wisman, I think is how you say his name, Wiesman, uh, coming over from Germany, who, again, don't really know what you have in a player like that yet and how we adjust to uh, the elevated competition from the German league over here to North America. But you at least have guys in place. And this is something I think we kind of talked about when we kind of shot down the uh, the PTO talk with guys like Suvan and, and Yandel. Um, you at least have other guys kind of waiting in the wings that are they going to be uh, everyday NHL players on this roster? I wouldn't say so, but it wouldn't surprise me if a guy like Connor Carrick potentially pushes a guy like Clifton or Zaboral who's coming off of ACL surgery. Like I, I think that's something that when you look at uh, a defense, the amount of punishment that your decor goes through over the course of a season, you need to have those couple of guys, those you know spare pieces in place that, um, can kind of slot in when needed. Um, you kind of look at like a guy like Stephen Camper, right? Like would Stephen Camper be part of the, the starting lineup most nights? No, but like when he's called into service, he's pretty damn good at what he does. Right. So I think finding a, that next guy with a guy like Carrick or Wisman, or even a guy like Jack Ashan, who's kind of hit that point where you have to kind of figure out, all right, is he a very good AHL player? Or is he a serviceable NHL player that can help our team right now and in the years ahead? I think th- that kind of role is kind of still up in the air. And there's a lot of players uh, kind of in, you know, vying for that spot going into the training camp. The interesting thing about Ashan is I feel like if he emerges and, you know, does his job and shows, hey, I'm a serviceable NHL defenseman, that could be what ends up making a guy like Mike Riley expendable. Because again, you have the puck mover uh, in Grizzlick when he comes back. You have Hampus Lindholm, McAvoy can obviously move the puck well. Um, but again, if a guy like Ashan comes up and is good, in his spots that they'll need him in. Cause I guarantee you he's going to get time. Right. And let's say he's good. That could be what ends up getting Mike Riley to be expendable. And as we both said, is it worth it to, to trade a guy like Riley? Like just for, you know, for lack of a better term, shits and giggles. Shits and giggles. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. But if, 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 if you have to clear space and you, you know, for a fact, you have guys in the system who can do his job for cheaper, then it's different. Right. So you're right. That was something that we talked about a lot at the trade deadline. So we were like, you know, or not the trade deadline, free agency. Cause we were like, you know, no one's really talking about this, but they really don't have a, they don't have a, don't have a lot of depth on the right side. And they still really don't. Uh, but Connor Carrick helps a little bit. So again, that's another interesting guy to watch, you know, as a seventh defenseman. Um, that camper analogy was good. Remember when he came in against the Hurricanes, scored like immediately and murdered a man? Yes. <laughs> murdered a man off the glass. Yes. Yes. How could we forget that poor guy? The oral history of, of that play would be uh, quite something uh, yes. from that guy's perspective. Uh, my second and final thing is Pavel Zaka with Patrice Bergeron. I find this interesting because, and maybe you could put that whole line together, right? Zaka, Bergeron, DeBrusque, because you have Patrice Bergeron in the middle who is as consistent as there is in the NHL, a guy who you know what you're getting every year, elite, amazing two-way guy, basically like should have the Selkie Trophy named after him, all that stuff. But now as right and left, you have two of the more inconsistent yet 
incredibly high ceiling players in the league, right? Like Jake DeBrusque is a goal scorer and should be scoring a lot more than he is. And we saw it in the second half last year, what he's capable of. And Pavel Zaka, big guy, you know, great shot, gets to the net well, like high draft, you know, high first round pick. Two guys who should be doing a lot more than they than they than they have been, and they're flanking Bergeron to start the year. And I think that's going to be interesting. That's going to be something interesting because again, how does Zaka fit with Bergeron? How does he fit with DeBrusque? Um, you know, is was the second half of DeBrusque last year flash in the pan? Now I don't think that'll be the case. I think DeBrusque is on track. I think he's got a you know he has a new head coach, you know, new contract extension, all those things. But Zaka is an interesting one, just given you know, going to be playing with Bergeron, a real chance there for him to up his production. And then most likely he goes down to the third line and plays with Charlie Coyle. So, but again, those things I'm watching for, because if they don't click, then you do have a situation on your hands where you say, okay, do we move Taylor Hall up to play with Patrice Bergeron? You know, does David Pasternak go up to play with Patrice Bergeron? You know, do we just jam the first line and then kind of leave David Krejci hanging, so to speak, uh, which is unfortunate for him. But again, I don't think that'll happen, but it's, again, I think it's something to watch. Yeah, absolutely. I do think with Zaka, it's going to be fascinating to see how he how he fits in, in that short term kind of plan they have on that top line. You know, I think you already said it earlier in the podcast, Evan, that I think in a, a best case scenario, Zaka eventually settles in on that third line with Coyle and Smith, most likely. But what better way to kind of start your tenure and for the Bruins who signed him to a one year deal, see what you kind of have in Zaka in terms of his upside by giving him reps with the best two-way forward in league history, right? A guy who's still playing at a high level. So uh, it's going to be great, you know, fascinating to see how he meshes with those players. I think the whole knock on Zaka, it's something when you, you write about the fact that, all right, is Zaka due for a breakout year? Is he due for a 45, 50-point season? All the replies are usually just rogue Devils fans who are like, just watch and see what happens. So uh, just, I think, to get more tape on Zaka, how he plays, um, He's got a great Charlie doesn't use all that much. So if he kind of fo- focuses more on that, I think just seeing how he fits in, in the system is going to be uh, really interesting to see how it all, uh, how it all plays out because he is a guy that, again, is he going to just break out and be a 25 goal, 50 point guy? I don't think so, but if he can be a dependable middle six guy, good in transition, defensively responsible and give you a 40 ish points. It's kind of the same as Craig Smith. Like you will take that for what the role is for where he fits on this team where he's not a featured piece, right? If he's just part of the the bigger puzzle um, and puts together a winning roster, then you'll be happy with it. Take it. Take it every time. Anyways, Connor, what can people look forward to from you over at Boston Sports Journal? Yes, we will be over at Warrior once again. I will be back at it. I'll be sending off the tweets over at Warrior starting I can't wait to see the tweets, the back at it. Uh, So we... We will have all of the uh, regular coverage from captain's practice, from the start of training camp. All that good stuff will be over at BSA. So please subscribe at bostonsportsjournal.com. Want to follow me on Twitter? Do that at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. That's Connor Ryan. I'm Evan Marinovsky. Poke the Bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. 